Welcome to episode 13 of Spark. I'm Angela Wagner. And I'm Sarah Mowry. And together we're here as your hosts for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week, we will have a special guest co-host, Sarah Mowry, the woman behind our blog. Her and I will also discuss extreme unitasking as well as making the most of not-so-ideal situations. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh. So as you guys know, Nicole is on vacation. And I just got a text from her. She you know, how she said she was going west. And so she said they made it to California. Wow. I know. So they were, I think they were in Utah when she texted me. They're on their way back. They're, they're insane. I mean, yeah, adventures for sure. They didn't even know they were going to end up there. They just ended up there. Yeah, they did. So I can't wait to hear about her adventures. So Sarah is our guest today. And thank you so much for being on the show. So Sarah writes, and we've talked about her a little bit in the past, she writes all the show notes and at least one blog post, if not two, every week. So you guys need to go to AngelaWagnerCoaching.com if you haven't yet, because go to the blog. Um, She shares so much awesomeness. So welcome. Thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about you and kind of what you what you do, what, what you love and all that stuff. Oh, gosh. Let's see. What do I love? Well, I guess I'll just say how I kind of got involved because uh, I'm involved in a lot of things, Angela Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I started doing yoga at Yoga Sport Dallas, the studio that you own, uh, last year and got really involved. I started assisting there. And um, whenever you were going to start the podcast, I wanted to be involved. So I've always loved writing and I'm um, starting to do a lot more writing lately. It's sort of my one of my passions along with yoga. And um, I wanted to be involved with the podcast and do that. So yeah, that's a little nutshell of me in the podcast. And um, I'm also very exciting going to start teaching yoga at yoga sport too i know that's what like in a month or not even it's way too soon for me to even process <laughs> <laughs> that's so exciting so anyone that's in dallas come to sarah's class uh sundays at ten you're gonna take over yep. for jason yeah super exciting yes oh so fun Yes, she's an awesome, awesome writer and has a great perspective. And you're—I always call you like my my favorite millennial. So <laughs> I'll totally take it. I I realized um, that you have to just embrace that label and roll with it, or else it becomes a weird insult. So I take it. <laughs> I own it. It is like that, isn't it? I mean, I know like people in my generation, it is kind of an insult, which I don't. It, that is kind of terrible, but it's true. Yeah, I feel like it's like that with any generation, you know, as time goes by, people are like, oh, the baby boomers, oh, this generation, that thing, those youths. Oh, yeah. Sort of always like that. Every generation thinks that the generation after them is lazy and doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. 
But you are definitely not lazy at all. So no, when I call you a millennial, it's just more that I feel more like your mom than <laughs> like as far as my age. <laughs> it's I'll an age it. thing. Yeah, it's an age thing. But um, okay, cool. Well, l- there's a couple follow-ups I wanted to talk about that we referenced in, um, I can't remember which episode it was. We talked about finances. And so we got a couple yeah. people that wrote in, I know. Uh, couple people that wrote in with tips that they have. And so let's see. I think this one was from um, Evelyn. And she said that her Amazon trick is that, um, well, she said, first of all, she only buys stuff on Amazon that she wants, not really that she needs. So like she doesn't buy laundry detergent and stuff. But so she said, if it's just for things she wants, she decides that she can't check out of her cart until there's at least $100. And so she said it saves her because if it's something that's just $15 or 20 bucks and it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, she's like, well, I can't buy it. So she'll leave it in her cart and then she has to keep waiting and waiting until she wants more stuff. And then usually by the time mm-hmm. she gets to $100, she realizes she doesn't want that item. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So that's interesting. Now, the only problem that I might have with that is I might just find $100 worth of stuff to buy at that moment. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you're saying. But then also like that has worked for me so many times with general online shopping where you fill up your cart and then once you go back through, even just the time that has elapsed between you first seeing the item and when you go back to review your cart – you might realize, okay, I don't really need that sweater. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I've i had huge success with the put it in the cart, leave it, and come back like another, you know, mm-hmm. 24 hours later because a lot of times I'll think through another solution where I'm like, hmm, I probably don't really need that. Yeah. So but this seems this seems efficient though for thing If you're doing it with things that you need, it seems pretty efficient because – you get to that $100 and then it's like, okay, I'm spending my $100 on the things I need right now on Amazon. And then you're not probably buying stuff for a little while. Yeah. Well, that's true too. Yeah. If you're looking for things, if you're shopping for things you need. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we had another person write in and we were, we were talking about booking flights. So she said, you're supposed to book flights on a Tuesday, which I've heard this before. Have you heard this? Yeah. I've heard a couple of different days. Yeah, I what other what other days have you heard? I feel like I heard Monday at one point. I've heard Tuesday. I've heard differing things. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense that you wouldn't do like Thursday through the weekend because obviously yeah. most people are checking that. But so what she said is she checks prices before a Tuesday and then she uses a different computer on Tuesday when she actually books. Mm. That's so kind of like our incognito that we were talking about yeah, before that you guys it, said. Yes, exactly. So the idea being that they don't have the history that you are already searching for it. So mm-hmm. they may or may not adjust the price. It would be very interesting to know if this is true or if we're making all this up. But it's worth I a shot. It. I know. I think it's worth a shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just the amount of stuff that's tracked and all the custom ads that you see, I, I totally would not put it past them that they're using all those analytics to get you. Oh, yeah, I would think. I mean, for sure. Yeah. So so there you go. Some some different things. And it was funny because yesterday you had some super cute. I'm like very jealous because right now in the yoga world, super sassy, crazy pattern pants are very in. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And as you know, I teach yoga and I'm in yoga wear all the time. And so, but I put myself on a spending fast. I called it a spending uh. fast. And we were talking about it. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't buy any yoga stuff right now because I really don't need it. And we're redoing yeah. our kitchen. And I just got a call from the contractor that there's some crazy, very dangerous wiring going on in our attic, which is not shocking. Um Ooh. Yeah, he was like, basically, by replacing your vent hood, you probably just save your house from a fire. I was like, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So that and there's some other stuff that's totally rusted out that they need to replace. So our budget is, you know, increasing. Even like I had built in a pretty healthy, like, extra sum because I knew it would go over. So now I'm like, oh, I'm definitely not buying yoga pants anytime soon. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, that's so hard, though. I totally, I get it. I know, I know. So, but you were, so when I said, was it you that we were talking about the spending fast and you said there's a book? Yes. And it's so awesome. It's, uh, it's called the spender. I need to make totally sure. And I'll put it in the show notes, but it's the spender's guide to debt-free living. And this, the woman that wrote it, um, Anna Newell, I'm, I'm going to look it up, but she created the idea of the spending fast and like really, um, or her version of it at least, and really like hones in on, how you like do a reverse budget to figure out your budget for the months and you just completely stop buying anything that you don't need and you have to be really strict with yourself on what is a want and what is a need and write it all out as lists um, and it just kind of helps people get through their debt faster because you don't realize your problem areas that you're just spending willy-nilly on little things because they seem like little things. You know, if you find a pair of yoga pants on sale, it seems like it's something little, but it adds up. And so that's that's what her book is about. It's really awesome. Oh, I need to get that for sure because that's I've been really trying to be much more conscious of spending because we're doing some of these bigger things like with the house and the kids and stuff and you know trying to cut out all the little stuff but yeah that's I and I know for me something that I've had to really wrap my brain around and shift I guess more more shift my brain versus wrap but is the idea of saving something like you said like oh I'm you know got these yoga pants that are on sale or like I had gone to Gymboree for the kids or my mother-in-law had and then you get you know you get those coupons Gap does it where mm-hmm. I forgot what they call they call it like Gap bucks or whatever and so you come back in a month and if you spend 50 bucks here's a you get $25 off so they make you feel like you actually have money and yeah. so she had actually bought everything and then gave me these $75, I think they call them gym bucks at Jim Marie. And so in my head, it was like, if I don't go spend hundred, you know, $75, then I'm throwing away $75 was the way that I think about it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like that, that trap of, okay, well, I was gonna buy this, you know, a black sweater anyway. So if I don't get it on final sale at J. Crew, then I'm I'm losing money if I don't buy this right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so crazy. <laughs> like, no, that's not true. You're still spending money. <laughs> yeah, I had to, and I had to let the like date pass, the expiration date, and I had to just toss them and go. Okay, you're not yeah. saving seventy five dollars. You're spending seventy five dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Especially considering the fact that I have, like, I my kids have tons of clothes they have hand-me-downs and my mother-in-law loves to shop for them and so there's just absolutely no reasons for me to step foot into a kid's store ever (laughs) yeah and with kids you you know that there's always going to be new stuff coming so you I feel like 
you have to be more careful about it because they're going to outgrow stuff and you're going to have to get new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And I'm like, I just need to feel blessed for all these like stages where I have all these clothes and there's going to be times where I'm not going to have all these clothes. And so got to save the cash. Anyway, okay, so those are our follow uh, financial tip follow-ups. Thank you for writing in. So you guys know you can write in any questions, comments. I don't think we're going to do the Ask Coach A Wags today because we have other stuff in the um, episode, but just putting it out there anytime, please write in podcast at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. We love the questions. We love the follow-ups and the tips. It's so much fun. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You say it, sister. Okay, so we're going to move on to sucky moment of the week. Here's our sucky scale. One being kind of sucky. Five being super sucky. One. (sighs) Two. Three. Seriously? Four. Five. And Sarah is up for sucky moment of the week because she's our guest. So what do you rate your sucky moment as? Okay, so my sucky moment is going to be a two out of five, moderately sucky. Okay, and tell us what it is. Okay, so uh, every week, every Monday night, I teach a yoga class at an apartment complex, and it's... I've done it for three or four weeks now, and it's sort of a low attendance, which is good. I have like three or four people, but uh, I've been doing this teacher development program at Yoga Sport, sort of a follow-up to the 200-hour teacher training, and one of our homeworks was to record ourselves teaching a class and listen back to it, and I hadn't done it yet, so I needed to do it on this past Monday. But nobody came to my class (laughs) except for my boyfriend Cameron was there to support me. He's awesome like that. So, yes, it's really great. He comes every time. (laughs) Um, So I, you know, I waited for five minutes, you know, maybe someone will show up, maybe someone will show up. They didn't. And I was ready to just walk out, of course, you know, like, okay, well, bummer, I'll go to dinner now. But Cameron knew that I needed to do my homework. And so he made me teach him a yoga class just so we could record it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. He was like, no, 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 no. You're not getting out of this so fast. Go ahead and teach me some yoga. And of course, I was like, oh, but I don't want to just teach to you. It's awkward. Like, you know, just being whiny. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I did it. And uh, once I kind of got going, it was it felt good. And I felt really good afterwards knowing that I had done the thing that I needed to do and gotten it out of the way, even though it wasn't sort of ideal at first. Um, so I guess my inspired action to take it there is just not to be discouraged when things don't go the way that I want them to go. Cause obviously I would rather it have been a real yoga class, a full class with a good amount of people that I recorded, but you know, it didn't happen that way, but I still needed to just make the most of the situation. And I think that this applies to so many things in life. Like we have our sort of ideal way that something is going to pan out and then it doesn't happen the way we expect and we're just sort of frozen or feel defeated and want to quit. But I think it's just a, a good lesson to think, okay, how can I still make this work out? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love how you didn't take or he didn't let you, I guess, take, <laughs> yeah. make that an excuse not to get something done. Because I think that is part of, you know, with life, we're so busy, which this will kind of segue into what we're going to talk about next. But the multitasking and doing so many things, and you know, it's just like if things aren't lined up the way we want, we can often, you know, use that excuse of, well, I couldn't do it because blah, 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 you know, right, exactly. Awesome. And so it felt good like or what how did you feel yeah I mean obviously it was a little bit weird just teaching to one person but I I think I I sort of got in the swing of it a little bit into it and it did it did feel pretty good and I knew that it was going to be helpful for me going back and listening so I kind of had that in mind as I was doing it yeah it felt pretty good Yes. And uh, so going back to kind of why we're doing something like really getting clear on the why. So when you talk about recording your class, like your bigger why of like, why am I in teacher development? Why do I want to teach yoga? And you get connected to that, then it becomes a lot easier to say, okay, well, this is a little awkward. And I'm, you know, kind of bummed no one showed. But my why of the reason I need to record this is big enough for me to do it. Yeah, especially when it's like, I'm already there. Cam's here. He's got his mat out. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite sparkism ever. It's like the Nike, just do it. Yeah. And my mom is so inspirational in that way because she always is, says that to me. Like if I'm like, oh, I don't feel like folding this laundry or oh, I don't feel like, you know, going shopping right now, I'll just do it tomorrow. She's like, no, just do it right now. And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. But you feel so much better afterwards because you already did it and now you don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> yes. And then energetically, it's off of your like your plate even in your head because I think sometimes we don't realize when we have this list of stuff to do and we have something that's constantly nagging at us, especially something that we're not really looking forward to. So I don't know the situation, but a lot of times when people have to record themselves teaching, they're sort of like dreading it because mm-hmm. it's a tough thing to do to listen to yourself in any capacity. But when you're you know, when you're learning to teach yoga, it's it's unnerving to hear yourself back. So it it makes it even easier for you to go, well, mm-hmm. nobody's here. Gosh darn it. Going to have to wait another week. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, which we actually had our last meeting this weekend. So you wouldn't have been able, you basically wouldn't have been able to have that done for yeah. the discussion, which I think wouldn't have been as beneficial. Yeah, totally. Good work, Cameron. See, he's a good one. We like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is he going to listen to this? Oh, yeah. He'll definitely have to listen to this one. <laughs> okay, good. So we we salute you, Cameron. Um, okay, cool. All right. So that kind of segues into the, our, I guess, the topic we're going to discuss again. We'll call it a throwback to episode 11, all of two weeks ago. And we talked about our dear friend Renee's TEA, which was the time, energy, and attention. So how are you spending your resources, your time, your energy, and your attention resources? And Sarah, you delved into this. So why don't you go ahead and just tell the listeners how you how you took this on? Yeah, so after hearing that episode, I was really hooked by the discussion about multitasking and how a lot of the time it can really do make our attention worse than enhance our ability to complete something. So I thought, okay, I want to try 
unitasking. So <laughs> reject multitasking for a certain period of time. And then I started to do it um, and I realized a week wasn't going to be long enough. I was just going to do it for a week and Lent was coming up. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it for the full 40 days. <laughs> so uh, basically what I've sort of taken on is extreme unitasking uh, <laughs> I love to that. try and get the most out of it that I possibly can. I wanted to make it an extreme experiment in my life. So um, I have to ask myself before I start anything, basically when I start my day or whenever I start a task, what am I doing right now? And I have to have a clear answer to that question. So it could be I am, you know, working on the podcast show notes or scrolling through Instagram. It can be an inane task, but I have to just decide on the thing that I'm doing and only do that. There can be no distractions. And if I want to move on to something else, I have to come to a stopping point or finish the thing that I'm doing before I can do anything else. Mm -hmm. Okay, so give me some examples of what what's come up for you, like what you've been doing and then kind of how how you've been reacting to it. Well, um, so for the listeners who don't know, I, I just sort of transitioned uh, into a job where I'm full-time taking care of kids. So I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old that I'm dealing with all day. Well, lovingly dealing with. <laughs> dealing with. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> but but um, so, it, you know, that there's a lot going on when you're taking care of kids. And so I think what I've really realized is it's easy to be clear on the answer to the question, what am I doing right now when it's just me and I can sit and make myself focus on the one task. But when there are other people involved, it's difficult. Like the other morning, I kind of caught myself multitasking when I didn't even realize I had gotten to that point. I like looked down and all of a sudden I was on my computer doing something, making breakfast for the kids, setting up a TV show for them to watch and like doing all these things. And I was like, wait a second, I'm only supposed to be doing one thing. How did I even get here? <laughs> so that's kind of one thing that I've learned so far. It hasn't been too long is that it can kind of sneak up on you. Like you'll just start doing something out of habit. Yeah, that is so true, especially because it's such an ingrained habit for most of us. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And especially with like eating is a big one. Like we will get so busy and just be like, okay, I'm going to take my breakfast in the car. But you don't realize how much focus that <clears throat> takes away from something, from what you're doing. Like you honestly would probably save yourself some frustration if you just sit down and eat your breakfast before you leave than trying to focus on driving and also eat your breakfast burrito or whatever and not spill it all over your lap. And, you know, it's just these habits that we get into for seemingly efficiency sake, but it actually ends up not being that efficient, I, I don't think. Yeah, no, totally. And it, it, I mean, in the car, that's a great point because I'll – anything we're doing multitasking in the car is incredibly dangerous and yeah. I'm guilty of it too like I don't, I check my phone at stoplights and my husband gets really mad at me because he's like stop it that's dangerous and I'm like well I'm at a stoplight but I mean there's times where some something else is happening on the road that shouldn't be happening that if I'm not paying attention to like it, I, I need to be paying attention like this person almost backed into me once and had I I mean I was like looking down at my phone and 
if I hadn't looked up in time, I wouldn't have been able to like honk my horn to stop them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and we we think that we can um, sh- share our attention that way because we get used to it. But that doesn't mean that it still isn't dangerous. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's just like drunk driving. Like if people say like, oh, I mean, I've heard people say that I'm like, oh, I better driving drunk than non because I pay attention so well. And I'm like, okay, well, that is so messed up. But um, but I understand why they say that because you know, like, okay, well, I need to pay attention more. And so I'm, you know, whatever. But the, the bottom line is that you're impaired. I mean, mm-hmm. scientifically, you are impaired. And so it's the same thing with when our attention is not on something, even at the stoplight, the amount of time it takes me, even if I put my fund on right away, scientifically, the the amount of time it takes me to refocus and engage in the way I need to to drive is much longer than what I have. Right. So yes. Yeah, that's, that's just the same with anything is what I've kind of been noticing. And I think we all notice it a little bit in the car because we everyone kind of does those things in the car. But uh, it's harder to step back from the little multitasky things in life, because it's not like necessarily dangerous to be scrolling through your phone while you're going to the bathroom you know (laughs) but like it's still like okay why 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 am I even doing that (laughs) oh my gosh so this is like well this is the podcast of there is no TMI so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and share this like way too personal moment but so when I was uh this is I don't know, I want to say maybe 10 years ago or something, I was having some issues with my stomach. And so I went in and got to get a colonoscopy. And I, you know, pretty young to have a colonoscopy. So I didn't have many friends that had had one. And my sister in law said, because you have to do TMI, but you have to do all this prep stuff, basically just you have to drink a bunch of stuff to get everything out of your system. So you can only imagine that you're on the toilet for a very long time before you go in. And I, she said to me, like, because she has um, a lot of issues with her stomach and has had several colonoscopies. So she said, bring your laptop into the bathroom. Just trust me. And I remember thinking, that is so gross. I can't even believe she suggested this. <laughs> because like 10 years ago, no one brought their phones or anything into the bathroom except for a book, you know? Yeah. I mean, I really, I remember that so clearly. And now I'm like, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, of course, or I, they probably wouldn't even have to say it to me. I would probably uh, just like go grab my iPad. And be like, yeah, you know? totally. Like the new form of keeping a stack of magazines on the on top of the tank. Yeah, so it's kind of terrible in a way because it's just like we're so attached to that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The phone is, yeah. And I think that because the device does so many things, it's not even like we're just sitting there. Like when you'd bring in a book to read to or a magazine, you're just reading that magazine. Whereas if you have your phone, you could still like, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm checking my email, I'm sending a text, I'm listening to oh, music, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, your attention is literally being like ping ponged across all these different applications because something pops up, a notification, and suddenly you're switching to another app and another app and yeah, I think the phone is another huge thing with the unitasking. It's like, okay, consciously, what am I doing on my phone right now? Yes. How many times do you ever ask yourself that? <laughs> that that is very true. So has that been a challenge for you? Oh yeah, huge. It's it's super hard. Um, I've had to train myself to not, and I'm not even turning the notifications off because I want to be able to train the willpower. So I've had to resist the urge to if I'm doing something on my phone immediately click on the text message that comes up 
Mm. It's like, okay, finish what I'm doing, come to a stopping point, then I can read the text message. Oh, yeah. That's so hard. Those stupid notifications that come up, they just like taunt us. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I, I know you've heard this because you listen to all the podcasts, but th- it changed my life when I finally figured out how to take off that stupid Facebook like notification thing on my computer. And it's not something I put on there. Like, I don't have any pretty much on my phone, except for a text message. I don't have any notifications. So any app or anything, I say no, because I'm like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how people do it. Like I look over, my friends will be like, it, I mean, do you have like Facebook and all that, like on your phone? Like every time someone likes something, do you have a notification? No, I only I only have it with certain things. I I'll do it with Snapchat because it is kind of like a text, um, but I don't have it with Instagram or Facebook or anything. I just when I get on, that's when I can know about those things. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I have a friend that had um, one of the news sites. And so she would get like, you know, breaking news, which I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, right now, I'm so stressed mm-hmm. about the news. No, thank you. Yeah. And there's like, literally every hour, there's something that could like, v- really throw you off in and put you into like a state of anxiety. I'm like, no, no, I don't need that on my phone. <laughs> yeah, it actually is kind of weird how with things like that, you could be in the middle of something and then be like, oh my God, this huge earth shattering event just happened. Like suddenly you have this new knowledge that you never would have had before phones. Yeah. You would have to wait to read a newspaper. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's huge. I remember when I think it was Michael Jackson died and it was like the world stopped like the second it happened because everyone had the like, you know, immediate information. And it was like, it just like changed the course of everyone's day it was it was wild yeah anyway okay so you're gonna give everybody a try this from this experiment yes yes totally so I'm doing it for 40 days which hey feel free to join me (laughs) but uh the try this will be to try unitasking for one week just see how it goes for one week ask yourself whatever you're doing what am I doing right now have a clear answer to the question and then do that thing and only that thing until you're at a stopping point. Just see how it goes. Oh, man, I love it. I, I have a feeling that you're going to get so much more done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's already it's already helped me. Has it? Yeah, I've, I've started to notice my I can sort of hone in on things uh, because I'm telling myself to wait. It's like slowed down my mind. And somehow that helps me like hone in on whatever I'm doing. Yes. I need to do this. I'm going to take on your challenge of one week Yay! because, yes, oh, girl, yes. <laughs> I, with, if you saw me working, it would stress you out, the amount of the <laughs> stuff I have open and just, the, yeah, and I'll be doing one project and then I all of a sudden pop into an email and then it's it's exhausting. It's Well, it's just kind of the norm. I, I, I don't think any of us consciously got this way but with all the stuff we got going on it just kind of happens and yes it's good to feel like okay I'm gonna try and scale this back because I have control of my life not yes. my computer isn't that true yeah and yeah mm-hmm. yes because the computer and the our phones can become the boss of us if we're not careful you're not the boss of me iPhone <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, there's actually just, um, we only have a few minutes left, but I wanted you to briefly share because you, we talked about, I can't remember the episode about change. Do you know what episode that was? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Well, in a recent episode, we talked about the challenge. I think it was actually episode nine because my dad was so sweet. He hadn't been listening to all of them because he's like, it's this kind of girl chatty thing. I don't really get it. And he he saw the subject line for I think it was episode nine and he listened to it and he immediately texted me and he was like, it was so good. And I really loved the content. <laughs> he loved the content and everything. So anyway, so if you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the episode. But um, Sarah made a huge life change. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about it and kind of what inspired you and any tips you have for the listeners? Okay. Yeah. So I briefly already mentioned that I just started taking care of kids and this is a huge change from what I was previously doing. My first job out of college was, uh, I was an analyst at a sports consulting firm and I live in Dallas, but I worked in Plano. So it's a long commute every day. It was a, a desk job. I was doing a lot of research and writing reports and it was a fine job, but it just wasn't the job for me. And I knew that kind of from the beginning, but, uh, I felt like I needed to do it cause it was sort of the conventional path, but I was not very happy. And it took a really, really, really long time for me to decide to actually do something about it. And I think there were a lot of things that kind of motivated me in that direction of finally quitting my job, which I did in January. Um, but a lot of it had to do with people around me that I'm really close with. Cameron is a great example. He owns his own business. And one of my other very best friends, uh, she just quit her job to go out and do freelance design and is doing a lot of her own stuff. And that really inspired me um, to just take ownership of my life. That's sort of the word that's been on my mind for this year is ownership because I didn't really feel like I had that at my old job. I felt like all my time was sort of dictated, chosen for me, and I wanted to take it back. So I was inspired by my friends who I saw doing their own things and being successful and making it work. And it gave me kind of that push to say, okay, if they can do it, so can I. I just have to work at it. And so I quit my job in January and I wanted to do more writing because like I said, that's sort of what I'm passionate about, but I knew I needed to make ends meet. So that's how I got the full-time naming gig, which has helped me a lot. I've got a more flexible schedule. I feel more active. I'm doing this creative thing and I'm helping this family out, but I now have all this free time to write and do the things that are important to me. So as far as, you know, tips, I think I would just say if there's something in your life and I'm going to keep following this um, if there's something in my life that I'm unhappy with to kind of really examine what it is that's making me unhappy and if there's something I can do to change it then actually put in the work to change it instead of thinking about it moping about it you know stewing in it because I think that that's really the easy thing to do and that's what I did for a really long time. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we talked a lot about that, you know, going into that fearful place anyway. And obviously, you jumped right in. Yeah, totally. And, and that's, that's kind of the great thing about it is that going into that fearful place is so empowering, because 
once you decide that it's what you want, it's kind of like, okay, no challenge is going to stop me from having this. And then once you get through to the other side, as I did, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just quit my job and went out into the unknown and all this stuff that was so scary before. It's it Now I feel like I can do something even more scary or like do another thing that challenges me because it's like I did this thing that I didn't think I ever could or would do. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, congratulations. That's a big one. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Now you get to take care of little, little humans. I know. It's such a different world. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I remember like after the first week, you were like, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I know. It's so funny, actually, because I always used to it's such a huge change from my old job because on Friday at my old job, I wasn't that tired. It's like I've been sitting at my desk for a week. So I always was like, all right, I'm ready to party on Friday. Like go hang out with my friends, do something fun. And now every Friday night, 5 p.m. I leave. I'm like, I must be in a quiet space by myself. (laughs) Like cannot do anything else because all week I'm just going, 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 going with these children. And I mean, Oh my gosh, they have so much energy. (laughs) See, now you know what it's like to be a parent. We're all exhausted. (laughs) Dude, except I don't know how you do it because I get to leave at the end of the day. (laughs) I know. I know. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yes, I don't know how we do it either. But that is, I've definitely decided that that is why, you know, people more in your age bracket are supposed to have kids like biologically younger than mine because we're tired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I've never thought about that before. I don't Yeah, I honestly think that's got to be true because I'm almost 40. And so it's, it's just different. Like when I was your age, I just had a lot more energy. And it's not I mean, I'm healthy and I'm active. It's not like I, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's definitely different. So yeah, anyway, totally. all right, well, you're going to finish us with a shout out. Yeah, and this actually segs perfectly into my shout out. Uh, I I wanted to give a shout out to my parents. Their names are Joe and Betsy. They're awesome. (laughs) And (laughs) yes, and they live in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I grew up. Um, And it's just so funny now that I'm taking care of these little kids. I, I hear these things coming out of my mouth that I had no idea were within me. Like something, you know, my, the three year old little girl that I take care of will be doing something. And I suddenly am like, Morgan, put down the whatever, one, two, (laughs) like I'm counting to three and somehow I just know that that's going to work and it does. And I'm like, wow, how did I know that? Oh yeah, because that's how my parents got me to behave. (laughs) So that's my, my shout out to my parents. I just, I'm so grateful. Uh, And it, you know, it's not just discipline things. It's, you know, things like telling them that they can do whatever they want to do and, be loving to your sister because she'll be your friend one day. Like all these little things that I have internalized from when I was little that I didn't realize until I had to use them with these kids. And it's just made me really grateful that I had parents who always supported me and told me they loved me, told me I could do whatever I wanted to do in life. And, you know, were still tough with me when they needed to be because I, I guess I have learned all this stuff on how to be a parent without even realizing it. And it's really, really cool, honestly. Oh, well, yay. You said Joe and Betsy. Mm-hmm. Good work, Joe and Betsy. You raised an awesome daughter because Sarah's pretty <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Spark. If you have a few extra minutes, please do an act of kindness and leave us a review on iTunes. It really, really helps us out. You can find the show notes and Sarah's awesome blog posts at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Coach A Wags. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass, and discover what it is that sparks you.